0: You're tuned in to The Three Pixels Podcast. This episode is sponsored by LSW Mind Cards. Click the link in the description to find out how you can become more mindful of your thoughts and feelings and get the tools that you need to take back control of your happiness, focus on the present and spread positivity throughout your life. Hello and welcome back to The Three Pixels Podcast. We are here with another episode for you apologies for the long break but i'm sure considering the circumstances you may understand the situation so uh we are like many people um working from home so the quality and episode may look and sound a little different but uh, we'll try and bring you still a good episode nonetheless uh, talk about good episodes it is impossible not to have a good episode um, Talk about good episodes, of course, with these two hosts, it's impossible not to have a good episode. So we have long-term co-host Martin. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you very much, mate. Keeping away from the corona and still being well and hopefully delivering a great podcast.
0: And um, we've had her feature in a few episodes as a guest host, a star guest host nonetheless, and now a new co-host. And we are thrilled to have her as part of the team. Uh, Daviana, how are you?
2: Hey, how's it going? Doing great.
0: Yeah. Still still healthy? Still oh, really good? Still kicking. Great. If, you know, if anyone coughs, I will run out of the room immediately, <laughs> just, just so you know that. Um, okay, so talking about the virus, a very popular topic and one that we really couldn't shy away from talking about is Zoom. Now, founded in 2011 at headquarters in california zoom was originally just a video conferencing tool for the corporate scene not used by the public whatsoever it allowed businesses to hold meetings between different offices really easy just built on simple foundations to allow groups of individuals to be able to have a video conference in the professional market so i i would say that neither of you two really heard of zoom before all of this Apart from a few occasions?
1: Well, yeah, I've, I've actually used Zoom a little, obviously, with the podcast, but beyond that, no. My knowledge and um, sort of exposure towards Zoom has been very minimal until recently, as you said. Um, you can't get away from it, especially uh, that I listen to the radio. A lot of them say about, talk about Zoom and how well it's doing. And it just drives you nuts now. I wish there was a day where I didn't have to hear about Zoom anymore, but... It is interesting, I must say.
0: What kind of videoing tools have we heard of before this? Uh, and what were we using? Now, personally, I would keep in contact with family through FaceTime. Mm. Uh, that's very popular. Um, I do Skype quite a bit. I used Skype in the really early days. I mean, if you go back far enough, we'll talk about MSN Messenger video and all that kind of stuff. But um, that's just there for the people who uh, who remember it. But uh, Martin?
1: Yeah, you, you stole my thunder there. I was going to bring up the uh, MSN Messenger. I was like, you'll forget about that. But once again, Again, I'm proved wrong, and thank you very much. But also WhatsApp, maybe not in terms of video, but for sure that keeps a lot of people together in in writing. And my family has its own WhatsApp group. Um, And Davi and Ben, do your families have WhatsApp groups? Are you a part of them?
2: WhatsApp is not as popular in America. No one I know here uses it. Um, but I always used, um, the Facebook video calling as a real casual yes. user.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot about Facebook video. Yeah, that was a thing. Oh. Yeah. That is a thing. Yeah.
1: I feel I used that a couple of times, um, uh, when my girlfriend went to Canada, we used it, but I remember it used to zap my battery on my old phone. So where I'd had like a hundred percent after like five minutes, I'd be down to 30. I'd be like, hmm, that's a bit odd. But, um. Yeah, there's quite a lot out there, like you said, but I think the big ones were obviously Skype and really back in the day, yeah, MSN Messenger was probably, they were probably the two that you could say followed on from one another progressively. And now it looks like Zoom is now taking up that mantle.
0: So pre-virus, this is what the situation kind of looked like. Most people didn't need to host big events. Most people just wanted to converse with their family and friends and keeping contact with people long distance. The virus hits, people being forced to work at home. Suddenly, a new contender, Zoom, breaks out from the pack and rockets ahead. Martin, do you want to come in with some of the facts? I know you love the facts.
1: Yeah, it really has literally zoomed past the competition there. It's so popular on mobile. It's now second only to TikTok as the most worlds downloaded app, and that was in March 24th, as, as well as it's just grown strength for strength. If you look at its largest age group downloaded Zoom app, it's between 35 to 49 year olds at 24%. Now, why is that? Well, realistically, usually that's probably where you have be really working in these video conferences, probably where its actual use is, but as well as at that point you have young families and you also wanna keep in contact with your relatives. So that's probably why people are downloading this app And then when you look after that, it's the 25 to 34 year olds at 23 percent, which once again, young people want to keep in contact with their friends, young families, uh, maybe brothers and sisters who live abroad or even five minutes down the street. It's really has taken off to the general public and it's gone beyond what its previous use was to now this more mainstream and more accepted by the public.
0: What I'd say is fairly interesting, though, as I'd say that um, it definitely increased being used by um, general office workers to keep in contact and hold general meetings where they wouldn't have before because they would have been in the same office. Because if you look at it, you know, the professional people's careers generally start after university, you're talking sort of nearly early 20s, so 25 up to the later years, 49 is is quite a, a large cap of people in sort of um, full-time jobs, in careers. And I think that's really interesting. Um, you know, I know that um, the Zoom CEO, Eric Yuan, said that the company saw a huge spike in users, 200 million per day in March um, from 10 million December. That's huge. That's absolutely incredible. And I think what's been really interesting to see across the web is move from not just people using it in those corporate environments, so as you're saying, that people using it at home, using it in um, education, uh, in music, uh, online music content. Concerts has seen a sudden rise, and people being able to do things like fitness classes and yoga classes at long distance, and finding new ways of making those happen. Davi, I think I want to bring it over to you because you've had that experience of homeschooling. Now you went from full-time education to essentially part-time education in the blink of an eye, and I want to know how that kind of feels to you as a student.
2: Well, it's been a, it's been an interesting transition because. I'm currently in the last term of my master's degree, so up to this point I have been going to school full-time for most of my entire life, including long commutes. And essentially, being present in the classroom has always been emphasized and you were graded upon whether or not you were in the classroom because professors always said that if you miss class then you're missing the material and you can't make it up from just reading the books, the texts, and watching the videos and whatever else. But now that we've had to adjust ourselves completely, we're seeing how that wasn't really true. And actually, it is completely feasible to have a quality online education. Now, I would not say that the education that I am currently receiving as a part-time online student is anywhere near as high quality as the education I was receiving as a full-time on-campus student. I think it would be very difficult to create an online education that was as rigorous as in-person education. And I think that right now, as people are scrambling to completely change their curriculum to suit the new lifestyle that we all have, I think that we're seeing education that isn't up to its highest quality or potential.
0: Or even possibly available to as many people. Uh, I mean, you know, the numbers kind of speak for themselves.
2: For sure. So in addition to, like whether or not we're receiving a good education over Zoom, because that's how online classes are being held now. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, In addition to like quality, we're also having issues with equal access to the education. So even though most Americans have internet access at home and have some kind of a computer at home, there's still a lot of students who live in households without that access. So they're having to go into their school buildings, which that in itself is an issue, having to physically go into the school. But also, they're having to essentially pick up a workbook. And that's supposed to make up for all of the education that they're missing. And frankly, no workbook will ever be as good as being taught by a teacher.
1: I want to say something that actually was said to me quite recently, and it was actually from an older fellow, who' was about in his 50s, and he said to me about books, he said, the information is outdated as soon as it's written down. With the internet, it's a constant update of information, facts, knowledge throughout. And what you're saying about um, the quality of these students are, are getting It doesn't matter if you're in your first year, even to like your situation, Darby, with Masters, I feel like people's quality of education is going to suffer. And I feel like you're going to have this pool of wealth, and this pool of talent that could generally be wasted and almost harmed in a way. We don't know how long this uh, coronavirus is going to be around. We don't know the effects after this. So let's just say we'll go with the UK government. They're on about... August. Well, up to August, by that point, you're sort of looking for universities, and I think just going to drive people off going to university. If I was uh, back in 2013 and they said, okay, it's not a guarantee that you're going to university, but you still got to pay all these fees on top of that, I'd be like, well, I'll just go get a full time job, or I'd go get an apprenticeship, learn a skill, learn and earn. So it's very odd, and you were saying about not many people have access. I do have a stat here, it's uh, 87.27% of Americans do have the internet. However, that still leaves around, should we say, 13 odd percent who do not. Now, how many of that 13% are students? I don't know, but if I was gonna put a guess out there, 4%, that's a lot of Americans. You know, America's a big place, very populated, and those people are gonna suffer during their education and even afterwards.
0: Well, that fact doesn't take into consideration um, quality internet, because there's a big difference between having high quality, fast internet access And just having the internet, Um, especially in larger households um, where more people are using the internet. You know, if you've got a bunch of kids at home all trying to access the same kind of resources, you suddenly find that the the, the internet becomes a bit of an issue. And you're not talking about reading a Wikipedia article. You're talking about doing Zoom meetings. You talk about sending and receiving videos, some of the highest bandwidth items you can do. So you also then have the parents working at home as well. You add in all those together and actually the experience could be just a lot worse because you've got more time problem solving than you have learning you've got uh, you know and let's be honest kids don't need much of an excuse not to learn these issues will take up most of the day and before you know it, they've not really learnt much they've just spent most of the time not being able to do what they were supposed to be doing so it's interesting, I don't wanna get bogged down too much in, in all of the school items. It's an important item, I'm glad we talked about it. Um, it's interesting how people suddenly moved from this to Zoom and how Zoom is being used. Uh, personally, my, my point of view um, around this side of things at the moment is uh, it's been nice to see the environmental impact. It's nice to see cleaner skies. You know, uh, We've never seen such clear skies over cities like LA and London, some of the most polluted skies in the world, and see clearer um, waters in italy and it's been really nice to see this how much of it has been directly impacted you know from the from from the virus how much of it is is fully like an actual change or is just fooling us to think it's changed i don't know but what i say is it's been really nice to to see that it's good to see that people working at home is having at least some impact on how we see the environment and hopefully how we would like to keep the environment moving forward
1: i we'll would just say? I know that you're in America, so I'd like to hear some of um, some stories, or even some aspects of life that you have seen change in, in terms of environment. However, in in the UK, when you look up in the sky, there's so very little planes, and you actually realise, and you sort of get a feel of how many planes polluted our skies. As well as there's uh, videos circulating like deer in London. I, I come up to people's front gardens and it's so strange to see that where deers are usually sort of afraid of humans and they try to stay away and you think more of they're going to be in wooded um sort of the wild not more of in the concrete uh wild that is london and even in, in banbury like i if i got my my um in my garden now the amount of birds different species of birds i see is immaculate it's incredible before i thought we only got like magpies and that was pretty much it. Now, I have a whole plethora of different species out there. And if I could just put this across to young children, if you were going to get into bird watching, and I know that's quite an old sort of fashion thing, but if you were going to get into that sort of stuff, now is the time. The amount of birds and species, and even different wildlife in, in, in general, it is amazing.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I've seen a lot of the the photos online and videos online of animals taking over and claiming back some space. And it's been really interesting to see how quickly, relatively, considering how long we've dominated our space, the animals have started to reclaim that back as their own. And it's been really sweet and uplifting in that way. And I just hope that Even if a small percentage of people see this and think, you know, wouldn't it be nice to maintain some of this? You know, you see people now spending more time working on their gardens and doing more positive impact things because they can't go and do the other things and and doing those little things. It'd be nice to see a a better impact um, made on how we treat the environment and to see the world in a slightly better way than it was um, before the virus. That would be really nice.
2: Yeah, I saw on the news that victory gardens are coming back. That's pretty cool.
1: I'm going to put a bit of a, a bit of a rain cloud, if I would, over this bright sunshining day that we that we are. I don't feel like we're going to go eco-friendly after this. I don't feel like people at the top are going to sort of bask in this greenness that we have found ourselves in at all. I feel that we'll go back into old ways. I mean, if you look at the satellite photos that they showed like areas of pollution in the UK, in India, China, America, and all these big contributors of these uh, harmful gases and these, this harmful pollution that's going into our oceans, into the into the air and into our lungs, you see how well it's cleared up. But I feel like it's going to get worse purely because now people are going to think we're behind schedule now. We are no longer where we want to be in, in terms of production. So we've got to really crack out um, our products, which means more pollution in the air, which means uh, more damage towards our ozone layer and, of course, um, wildlife wildlife and humans in general and i feel like people will just go back into old ways if not worse
0: yeah i understand what you're saying and i think there is a there is a call to think that that might happen um at the end of the day humanity is still humanity and there's still plenty of bad people out there that um, will put money above everything else and there's this whole talk about kickstarting the economy um but I don't want to get too political in this podcast because I think that there's um there's a lot that could be talked about but talking about um the downsides and talking about the, the slightly negative is that you know um zoom hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows um it has dominated the news recently and that's really largely why we're starting to talk about it is because of the the security and privacy concerns, we think that it's our right to inform you guys about this if you haven't heard about it already. There's been a spout of invasions in people's Zoom conferences. People have been sharing out the codes and then others have been coming in and posting often pornographic imagery onto um, Zoom conferences during educational and um, sometimes quite young children's Zoom conferences. There has been other privacy concerns about people's information and all this other stuff. There's been a lot going on. And I don't want to go into every little bit of detail, but the the central bit of it is is that Zoom got a wake up call quite quickly. And this is often what happens with these apps. Once they explode is that they're put into a lot of pressure and there's a lot of people looking at them and scrutinizing through them. And they find the bugs pretty quickly or they find the issues really quickly. So obviously, this had a big impact. Zoom closed at uh, 121.93 per share down Eleven percent on the day. Shares of Zoom were down as much as sixteen percent on April the second. This is according to CNBC. Um, Yeah, I mean we've all seen the news. What do we think on the the privacy concerns? Is it good enough?
1: It's like we said beforehand. It wasn't really designed for all these people to come into Zoom all at once. And of course, you're going to find bugs and glitches, and, and people are going to come in there and try and destroy what is essentially a good thing. I would say, and it's unfortunate this has happened. And unfortunately, it's now knives out towards the, uh, from the media towards Zoom. Well, Zoom can only put their hands up and say it wasn't really for the sort of purpose. They're not really our demographic and we didn't really expect such a boom. The only thing I can say is, though, we are um, three months in from the initial coronavirus. And I think we are now going into our fourth week in the UK. By now you'd have thought some sort of security measures or something would have been in place, but I can't blame Zoom completely. It's more the people who have been posting these harmful images towards young children, as well as people who are in businesses. This shouldn't have happened.
0: My argument is that you can't have it both ways. You can't let, to put it into words, you can't let the kids eat all the candy and then put your hands up and say, you don't know why they're all hyper. You can't allow everyone to suddenly download and start using your app, considering that um, especially the educational institutions and the businesses are still paying a lot of good money to use this app and then say, well, you know, we weren't expecting it to go this way. At the end of the day, if you build an app, you should expect that as long as your system support that many users, that you should be prepared for that many users. You should be prepared for the worst in any business. It's the same as like if you're a small bank, and then suddenly your bank becomes really popular and people figure out how to steal all, your, all customers' money. You can't really hold your hand up and go, well, we weren't expecting that many customers. We can go, well, no, you, you took their money, you took their user base, you allowed yourself to, to do that. And then you weren't prepared in case it all went wrong. You know, it's still, you're still letting customers down. It's still not really quite good enough and it's still people's data. And, you know, privacy concerns and security has been the hot topic for years now. You know, Facebook has been in the limelight for such a long time, so you can't really hold your hands and go, oh, well, we weren't expecting people to do this. Well, you really should have been. You know, it's a bit naive, to be honest with you, to say that you weren't prepared because um, everyone by now should know how the internet is and the kind of things that, that happen.
2: Well, I feel like it is rather unfortunate about um, privacy leaks and obviously um, the issues of hackers, entering into spaces where they were not um, supposed to be. I do feel like, and this may be controversial, if we were really that concerned about our data and our privacy, we would not use a lot of social media in the way that we use it for our personal consumption. I mean, if I think about all of the data that I have voluntarily given to different social media sites. I mean, my full name, my birthday, like oh gosh, the places that I was that I've lived, the place I was born, like an untold amount of photographs of my face, my family, the the people that I'm closest with. I mean, I just think that if we were going to be concerned about the use of our data and personal information getting into the hands of people that we don't want to have it, then we would be acting in different ways anyway. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure, we would we would act physically um, by not using Zoom rather than continuously exactly. using Zoom anyway. Sure. I understand that point of view.
1: Time 2020. We could say, ah, well, just don't use Zoom anymore. Well, people have used Zoom. And it's like uh, Debiana was saying, You know, the amount of times you've probably gone on Facebook and you are right on there, I could probably go on Ben's account now, for example. I'm sorry, Ben, I'm gonna use your example here. I could find out his birthday, I could find out where he lives. I could find out these people were to go is, look at those faces on there, go through his friends' um, faces. Oh, that's uh, Joe Bloggs there, and that's John Smith there. I know those two now. And it's very easy to to get people's data especially people who, who don't know how to secure themselves very well however i still feel like there's been a benefit with people who have to now stay at home i know that my mum um, now has to stay at home and work from home and she uses zoom for conferences and it makes life very easy it makes life um, communicating and getting her work done more efficient and effectively, unless you just sat at home, not being able to talk to someone or just write them in emails. Because I feel like uh, people struggle and uh, me included, if I had to talk to uh, either of you two just through emails, I think after the fifth email, you, you guys would be like, I have no idea what Martin's writing to me anymore because my language skills in writing are not great. However, when I can portray myself better with language, well, I hope the audience will agree that my uh, I can portray myself a bit better. And I think it does make it easier to communicate uh, with people who have to self-isolate and have to be away from people and work. I still feel there's bene- benefits, and I wouldn't discourage people from just going with Zoom because of these incidences. Like uh, Darby was saying, this has happened in the past, and it will continue to happen, you know. It, nothing is um, is airtight air anymore.
0: Okay, my view is: a, you should always keep companies in check because um, it's like, yeah, again, I hate to use kid analogy, but it's like often when you say, "Oh, just have this thing," and they're like, "Yeah, but I want this thing and that thing." Okay, well, just have this thing and that thing, and then next thing you know, you're like, you've let them have everything like you know it's just it's keeping them in check it's allowing them to be like here's the line don't cross the line and it's about making sure that they're still responsible in what they're doing and uh, my view is that people should take an interest in what they're sharing yes by the means of being on the internet there are lots of information about you everywhere but being aware of what information you're sharing and there's nothing wrong in transparency Right? The whole point is that this was something we didn't know and suddenly the door's kind of blown open. So people weren't making an informed decision. People were just using it, thinking that it was safe and secure, finding out later that it wasn't. So I think that the minimum you have to do is be transparent and own up to it. And I think they're a bit slow to be transparent and own up to it. And I think also that we're not just talking about data. We're also talking about people being able to do malicious things where there's kids involved. Mm, mm -hmm. And I think that there's a responsibility there to either not let kids, kids use your site or to be safer about the access and about what can happen in those circumstances.
2: Well, in addition to the responsibility of Zoom, the company to protect themselves, I do think that it is vastly irresponsible for schools and workplaces to continue requiring the use of Zoom when we know for a fact that it does have some security concerns. Um, Like we're still using it several times a week for my classes, um, as well as for additional meetings with supervisors and as a whole cohort. And those are required not only as part of the course, but also because if you miss out on those, then you're missing out on vital information for the program. So I think that until Zoom does fix their issues, companies and schools should be looking for a safer alternative.
0: Also, it's, it's good practice you know let's not put all your eggs in one basket let's not all say that zoom is the only thing out there and never try anything else i think that you know there are other apps out there um i'm not going to give any mention of what we're using today but we're not using zoom um we're using something else because i think that it's important that that you don't just rely on all on one thing mm-hmm. and i think it's important especially when we're not just talking about sharing your favorite breakfast cereal on Facebook we're talking about conversations that could be quite personal between you and a teacher could be quite confidential uh, talking to your boss you know these some of these things are a bit more than just um, sharing an image on Instagram or talking about things that publicly on Facebook these are sometimes private conversations and especially sometimes these are these are classrooms between younger kids we'll be back in just a moment after a word from our sponsor As we talked about earlier, LSW Mind Cards are a pack of 45 individually designed cards, each with a tool or task to help you increase your well-being, boost your mood and help you move towards a more fulfilled life. LSW Mind Cards are designed to help you become more mindful of your thoughts and feelings and give you the tools that you need to take back control of your happiness, focus on the present and spread positivity throughout your life. Click the link in the description to find out how you can get hold of your cards today and see if you can take a small step to improve your life. What does the future look like as we eventually come out of COVID-19 whenever this is? My view is there's gonna be continuously people that will want to keep things as they are, will want to keep working from home because it works for them. And there'll be companies probably that feel, hang on, actually, we've invested in this now we've given people laptops we've set them up at home we've got systems in place maybe it makes more sense that we don't have this really expensive office full of all these people that we have people working from home uh, maybe certain music artists who've been doing concerts from um on the web think actually this has really been beneficial i saw an increase in my following in, on social media maybe i should do some of these as well so um how do we feel about uh, a future like that and do we feel that that there may be a future in
1: that so I know I've talked already about um, what I feel like the environment future is. So let me talk about more about day-to-day life. I feel not a lot will change. I think, yes, people have invested a lot of money, in, in, like you were alluding to, in terms of laptops, setting up equipment. However, I feel like companies will be stuck in, in the same ways. I feel like maybe things in the media industry will... Uh, continue to pursue this way and try to find ways to make more efficient and make make sure this is something that yes they've invested in so they can make work on a day-to-day basis when the life becomes a bit more normal or whatever normal will be in a couple of months or whenever that may be but i feel like this would be really good for those smaller genres that don't get as much exposure out there as well as smaller artists um who are on the indie scene who can really come alive because like you said, a lot of people have found a bit more uh, of a following on social media as well as going through these Zoom apps and obviously got some uh, brownie points to, per se to say, yeah, this guy, he's, he's made a difference or this, uh, this woman has made a difference in the world and made me feel better about myself and I think people will stay with them. Like I said, I think this is going be a great growth for indie artists and this is going to be a nice new avenue that uh, music hasn't really exploited yet.
2: I'm not sure what will happen, but I remain hopeful that people will be given the option to work from home now that everything has been set up in this way. Because I think that it's opened up access for a lot of people who struggled to get from home to the office. I think that working from home and being given this option has been a huge increase in accessibility for people with disabilities.
1: Do you feel companies will react to that in terms of people who do have disabilities? Could be a physical or mental disability. Do you feel that companies will um, try and push this more?
2: I'm hopeful that they'll remain open to it, Um, but frankly I don't believe in the ethics of corporations and i mean it's all about the bottom line and so really it's all about is it cheaper to have our employees work at home or is it better to micromanage and make sure that they're spending every minute as they should
0: different countries have very different working ethics and have very different ways of doing things and also different laws. I know that in the UK there's the whole um, schemes and systems in place to allow people to get back into work through working at home if they've got certain disabilities Um, that might not be the same everywhere else. So I think it will change and vary depending on country to country, and also industry to industry and company to company. But what I do think is that it has made people very much aware of how working from home could look, so that certain people might be able to work home a couple of days a week, or might be able to, if they're unwell, work from home more comfortably. I think it's allowed the conversation to happen. Whether it will change, time will only really tell. I think um, Davion is right, there are companies that still will be companies, and I think there will bosses that will still want to be able to micromanage and, and to be in control of people. So we're not experts in the business field. We don't know for sure. We can only put out thoughts and suggestions and hopes. But, um, you know, for, for good or bad, I think the virus has made us reassess how we look at homeworking, how we look at hosting events, and how we can be a community while being apart and um, if companies can use that and learn from that then i think we're hopefully looking at a brighter future not only for the environment not only for employees and their um, general well-being uh, but for the for the whole for the whole world for everyone Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. I hope that you have some thoughts and opinions that we've brought up and shed light on. So if you do, please get into contact in the usual ways. All the social links will be in the show notes, as always. Thank you to my wonderful co host Daviana and Martin, for joining me.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: And during this time, please stay safe. Please stay at home when you can. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Hit subscribe. We'll see you next time.
2: And wash your hands.
0: Wash your hands.
1: Wash your hands. Never
0: stop washing. <laughs> Brought to you by the Three Pixels.
1: <laughs> Bye. Bye.
2: See you later.
0: You're tuned in to the Three Pixels Podcast.
1: your hands you dirty pigs
2: great
0: <laughs> thanks mine that was
1: that's all right